Do you own a service business? If so, you may want to pay attention. Do you remember why you started that business in the first place? All the time and financial freedom you were going to have with your family and friends? Then you ended up wearing so many different hats in your business and the thought around growing the business means more time at work, less time with family and friends, and more headaches with employees. If that's you, we have the solution. It's a simple formula that works and it starts with structuring your business in a simple way that makes everything else easier. Finding and hiring the right people that actually help you grow the business and helping you implement the key things to make your whole team more efficient and effective. This is the Pivot Ready Business System by Birdflow. We've helped hundreds of small service businesses grow and become highly successful. Elevate your opportunities, profits, and time freedom. Visit www.bergflow.com slash podcast to claim your free video to learn more. You're just minutes away from learning how to transform your service business in your life. Hey everybody, welcome to the Under Pressure Podcast. My name is John. Uh, I'm your host, of course, and we're going to be talking about all things business and under pressure. Uh, we got an awesome guest with us today, Marvin Salcedo. I'm saying your last name correctly, right? Yes, sir. Okay. I, some people are very particular about that, so I want to make sure I get it right. No, um, no, you're good. I've been called awesome. everything under the book, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Marvin, so glad to have you here. For you guys that don't know Marvin out there listening and watching this podcast Marvin in 2016 had a failed partnership in a business. What what business was that? It was another landscape business. I was uh, 70%, I was 70% owner in another landscaping business, multi-million dollar landscape business uh, here in Tyler. And uh, me and my business partner just didn't see eye to eye. So Okay. Hey, that happens. Well it does. Clearly, uh, Marvin decided to start over, set his sights on on another landscaping business. And uh, through a combination of hard work, determination, and several acquisitions, which is always a great thing. That's uh, complicated and fun. Uh, oh, Martin yeah. was able to grow his business significantly over the past six years. And by 2022, his business had reached an impressive highs, boasting $5 million in sales and securing a spot in the Inc. 5000 list of fastest growing privately held companies in America. And that is phenomenal. So, uh, in addition to that, you have a, you have a mechanic rod shop, have a mechanic shop. shop. Uh, I, well, I have both a mechanic shop, a paint and body shop and a hot rod restoration company. Nice. Nice. And I've seen some of your rods, dude, and they're, they are sweet. So if you guys, uh, you need to go check out his Facebook page. He's got some sick rods on there for, for like his business vehicles, which are amazing. So you got to check that out. Marvin. Uh, we're so glad to have you on. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having so, me. I met Marvin in uh, New Orleans. Uh, we met New Orleans and we were at a QDS conference. Uh, first time I met Marvin. And I will say one thing, and, and, and this is twofold. Marvin is a, is a man of many hats. Uh, <laughs> and so <laughs> it really fits it because that was like my first experience with Marvin was like, He's, he had a hat on, like a different hat every time I saw him, which was awesome. I, I love hats, uh, but I don't love hats near as much as Marvin, but he clearly <laughs> ha 
wears a lot of different hats in the business world as well. I love that as well. So it's fitting. It's fitting, right? Yes, sir. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, let's dive in and get to know more about you and and your story. Where did you grow up, Mark? Man, uh, so I grew up in a little town that very few people have heard about. Uh, It's called Hobbs, New Mexico. Um, And it's a one-horse town over on the uh, New Mexico-Texas border. And uh, I think there were about 30,000 people or something there whenever I was growing up. And it was a a dying oil town. Um, You know, grew up... um, single, you know, my lived in a single family home or a single parent home, uh, no money to speak of whatsoever. Um, so I grew up poor and, um, just, you know, existed and lived life and moved, moved forward and decided that I wanted more in life for myself than what I had growing up. And I was bound and determined to make it happen. Um, I, I, I told people from a very young age, uh, that when I grew up, I was going to be a, a multimillionaire and, uh, I was bound to determine, of course, multimillionaire isn't near as what is as much as I thought it was when I was a kid, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you're young, it just sounds like, so, oh man, it's so much money. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I know where Hobbs is. I've, I've been through Hobbs a lot. Of course, you know, like, or you may remember I'm, um, I lived in Amarillo and was a law enforcement Yes, sir. Here. And uh, so, yeah, I went through Hobbs quite a bit. So I've, I've experienced Hobbs. Um, well, that's cool, man. Like that determination, you know, it's so awesome when I'm uh, looking to the entrepreneurial world. And I had a very up, rough upbringing as well, like very poor, all kinds of stuff, abusive, all this stuff. When I look at entrepreneurs uh, and, and now that I'm in this realm or I really get to talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, so many entrepreneurs come from, from nothing and yeah. really build themselves up. Uh, and it, it's hearing the stories are amazing all the time. Um, so congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, thank You're you. Phenomenal. And, uh, just killing it out there. So, what uh, what about education? Tell us a little bit about like educational background. Uh, uh, not much education to speak of. Um, I've got a, uh, a, a good enough degree. Um, a uh, I, I well, I have a high school equivalency. Um, I was homeschooled, and uh, in Texas, you know, you can get the equivalent of a high school diploma. Yeah. Um, and uh, I went through two years of, I guess you could call it a vocational school. Uh, I actually went to school to be a pastor uh, and to work with uh, children's, uh, to be a children's pastor and work with kids. And uh, after I got uh, got out of school, I actually did that for a while. And I still am pretty heavily involved in my church. But, um, yeah, I, you know, no no formal education, no business degree or anything like that. I tell people that I went to school of hard knocks. Because uh, I tell yeah. you, I have made just about every mistake you can make in business, and uh, some of them more than once. Because I'm kind of hard headed that way. So <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I saw that on your uh, on your Facebook, the School of Hard Knocks, and that's yes, sir. Uh, and my whole point of asking that is, the you know, the, we have a lot of listeners, and a lot of them are you know they they can be 
out there working as technicians somewhere. Some of them are just starting their companies. Some of them are already established companies. So we've got a wide variety of listeners. And um, the thing about so many people just assume that in order to really start something amazing and build something really great, you have to have some of the, you know, some extreme education, you know, I've got <laughs> this college degree and that college degree. And I got to know all about, you know, constantly reading and learning about business and doing all these things. And, you know, once again, uh, you're proving my point that that's not the case. Um, no, most sometimes of the you time, just gotta get out there and do it. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes, like you say, the school of hard knocks and, and the, Hey, that that's a education in and of itself. That's, that's, as you can probably attest, one that uh, uh, you don't forget those lessons too easily. <laughs> no, uh, tell, I, I tell you, it's, it was not a cheap education. Uh, I probably spent just as much, if not more, on my School of Hard Knocks education as I would have a formal business education because uh, I have made hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of mistakes throughout the years. And, uh, you know, I've learned from them. Nice. So, yes, nice. sir. So let's dive into a little more like what inspired, I know you like had kind of had this mindset. You wanted to have a better life than what you had. And, but what made you really want to start a business? What made you want to be an entrepreneur? I've always had that entrepreneurial spirit. I always have. Uh, I was always scheming to, to sell stuff when I was a kid and, uh, I was always, I always had money, always, because I always figured out a way to hustle and make, you know, either get out there and work or I'd sell something or I'd flip something and sell it. And I always had money. And uh, I, matter of fact, I hated doing chores as a kid. God, I hated chores. <laughs> uh, but I used to hire the neighborhood kids to do my chores. And uh, I traded them. I would pay them in candy. Um and uh, they would go and do my chores or I'd swap out. I was, I'm real mechanically inclined and uh, I'd always fix their bikes or something. I'd be like, hey, I'll fix your bike if you'll go pull weeds for me in this flower bed over here. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember one day my dad walked out and he's like, what are you doing? And I'm sitting over there just playing around in the shade. And there's like six kids in my backyard pulling weeds, doing my chores. <laughs> and uh, he, he started getting mad at me. He's like, oh, no, 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 I'm paying them. I'm paying them. <laughs> I'm working on my management skills. <laughs> I am. I am. I had an MBWA degree from the early on. You know what MBA MBWA degree is? What's it? Management by walking around. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Hey, that's that's cool though, man. Like just having that, and and that's another thing we I hear a lot is like that desire that's it's just kind of there, wanting to do and. Uh, and you've probably heard this as well, because I know you do some business coaching as well. Uh, I hear so many entrepreneurs that say they like sucked in all their jobs, like conventional jobs that they went and did. They just yeah. sucked them. And it was because they, they weren't <clears throat> doing what they wanted to do. Like they want, they had that entrepreneurial spirit about them. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can work for somebody else because I know how to fall in line and, and do what I'm told. 
I'm not a good employee. I'm, <laughs> I'm yeah. I, I know I'm not. I, I'm, I do much better uh, work, owning my own gig. And I've worked for myself since I was 18. Sure. Uh, I mean, I just turned 40. Um, well, crap, it's been six, eight months ago now. But uh, I've worked for myself since I was 18. I haven't worked for anybody else. And, man, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love yeah. it. Even with all the highs and all the low lows, I still love it. It's good, man. So why why lawn? Why why the lawn business? Really, no other reason than I knew how to do it. Um, it wasn't because I I love mowing yards or anything else. Um, in in all reality, um, it's not because I'm th- that much better at it. I'm good at it. I mean, you know, I, I knew how to do it and. It just, I knew how to do it. When, whenever I went to go start something, uh, it was a toss-up between mowing yards and painting houses. And I'm good at both. I don't have the patience to paint. <laughs> so it, it, ended up, it ended up being mowing yards. But, um, you know, growing up, I, I wanted to work on computers. I wanted to be a coder and learn C++ and C++ and uh, you know, be a hacker and all that kind of stuff. But um, it's what I knew how to do. And uh, I, I probably shouldn't be in landscaping because uh, I'm allergic to grass and trees. Uh, <laughs> I, I really am. I truly am. I've like, I've had the test done and I'm allergic to grass and trees. Um, I'm not allergic to poison ivy, poison oak or poison sumac. Just all the normal stuff that everybody has. So nice. Yeah. Well, there you go. Luckily you can have more of people out there doing that for you. And maybe you can do some of the office stuff. Now, now that's what I do. Yes, sir. Work on the business and they can work in the business. Exactly. Yes, sir. <laughs> that's awesome. So starting business, you said you made a, a lot of mistakes and, and Man. let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk about that a little bit. So obviously we know like you had a, you had a partner and, you know, it didn't work. Y'all didn't get along. Um, what, like, tell me about how you you began to learn about, like, did you have systems in place? Is that what you were missing? Uh, what was the structure? How, what was going on there? So for many, many years and long before my partnership, I just flew by the seat of my pants. Uh, I figured it out as I went. I'm, I've always been kind of one of those guys that I jump off the cliff and I'll figure out how to build the plane on the way down. Sure. Um, I've, I've been like that my entire life. Um, and that's how I kind of did business. I just figured it out. And most of the time, I, I did okay. Yeah. And it was mainly because I could out-earn my stupidity. I could outsell my stupidity. And uh, I, I just happened to be a good salesperson and I could get out there and I could hustle and I could sell. Was I making any money? I thought I was. Uh, but when we really, really boiled into the numbers and really dug into them, I wasn't making nothing. I was spinning my wheels. Uh, I call it uh, a rocking chair syndrome. There was lots of movement, but no forward progress. <laughs> and uh, I, I, I had rocking syndrome, uh, rocking chair syndrome to the max. Yeah. And um, it wasn't until, man, I was probably 13, 14 years, 15 years into business 
um, did I actually start learning how to do business. Um, before that, I just kind of halfway figured it out and, you know, I kept the, the plates spinning just enough, uh, that I was lucky and I made it. Um, but it wasn't until I, I got a mentor, I got into a mastermind group and they actually started teaching me about the business behind business, you know, mm -hmm. how to actually do business how to price your jobs right, how to, uh, you know, price that, you know, people need to pay for, you know, all the years of my education, not the time that it takes me on the job. Yeah. You know, just because I'm efficient and I know how to do it right and I can get it done fast does not mean I should be penalized because of that. People need to pay me appropriately. And before, I didn't know that. I just yeah. bid how everybody else was. You know, I'd ask some the other landscapers that I saw around town, well, how much would you charge for that? And I just bid about what they were bidding. Well, what I didn't know is they were broke too. And, you know, they couldn't afford to fix their stuff. They couldn't afford to hire right. They couldn't afford, um, you know, 401ks and uh, vacation. And, you know, now everybody who worked for me, they get vacation pay, 401k with a match. They got sick days and uh health insurance and uh we pay for gym memberships and you know all kinds of lots of benefits for working for us and uh the only way that we're able to afford that is we price appropriately and i'm not ashamed of my pricing now i used to be afraid to ask people to pay me what i'm worth right. and uh you know it took me a long time to realize that i was making that decision for them I need to allow them to make that decision. I don't need to think with other people's wallets. I need to let them think with their wallet. Because in all reality, some of these people that we do work for, they live in a different world than I do. You know, I make decent money. There's Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not hurting here. But these people live in a different world. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm, I've got some clients, they have cars worth more than my house. And, uh, you know, I just, I can't fathom that. Like, I don't understand driving around a, how, a, a vehicle that's worth more than my house. Like, I don't know. It's just, of course, you you know, a, lot of that, a lot of that's my upbringing. I grew up with no money. And, you know, that's yeah. just, that's how I was raised. But it doesn't mean I need to make the decision for them and not ask them to pay me more because costs have gone up. Uh, there were times when I went, I remember very specifically, it was a decade before I raised prices on some people. Wow. A decade. They were loving you. <laughs> oh, man. Absolutely, they love me. But in that time, you know, fuel went up and insurance went up and vehicle costs and equipment costs. And who ate that? Me. I ate it because I was too, I, I wasn't smart enough to know that I need to charge appropriately. And then when I went up, they're like, I was wondering when you were going to go up on your prices. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. I should have done this a long time ago. I remember one guy, we went up on him like 900%. Oh 900%. <laughs> and he stayed on as a client. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I'm sure this guy, you guys have been doing great work for him. And, you know, you know, for a lot of people, and, and to your point 
a lot of people, especially if you're doing well, I'm going to work for them, and clearly you guys are, they, it's more of a hassle to switch. And, you know, also there's this thing people forget about. And if you treat people with respect and, and, and dignity and, you know, and, and really just being smart business minded, yeah, they want to do work with you. They want your company doing their stuff. And this relationship builds, right? This rapport builds this, and you establish that. And people actually, you know, heck, I mean, I'm that way. I'll I'll pay extra money. Someone can come to me and tell me, hey, this is this much. And someone else comes and says it's almost twice as much. Well, sometimes I base my opinion on that, on the relationship. Like, how did they treat me when when I've already built a rapport with them? Yeah. It's worth the extra money to stay with them. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolutely. It's a, and so you're you're absolutely right, man. I, <clears throat> I just spoke to a company, literally, like right before this, talking uh, to these guys, and you know, they're like, "Well, we're the cheapest in town," you know, and all these things, and like that's why so many people use us. And I'm like, "Is it really why so many?" I mean, but you guys are doing great work, so. Why be the cheapest in town? Yeah. Know your value. Why be in a race to the bottom? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, know your value. It's going to be fine. You're going to be okay because you guys treat people so well and you're just so amazing and and they want to work with you. Now, it just so happens you, you're you going to be the cheapest in town, which is great for them, but they're probably going to do that anyway. So yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I, I tell people in, in my sales process, Look, I'm not going to be the cheapest. I, I can, as a matter of fact, I'll probably be the most expensive, but I'm dang good at what I do. I stand behind my work and we're going to be around if anything goes wrong. And you know what? We stand behind all of our work. We ain't going anywhere. We have a long standing reputation in this town. I've got deep roots and I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. And that, 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 that means something. Because yeah. you know what, the cheap guy, yeah, he may be cheap, but you know what, next week he's going to be gone. You're not going to be able to get a hold of him. Yeah, he may have been $10,000 cheaper in that landscaping project, but when you need warranty work done, you're going to have to call me to come back and rip it out and do it right the, the second time around. Uh, and it's going to cost you more than had you went with me in the first place because you have to do it twice. But your first guy, he's gone. He disappeared. That's right. <laughs> Another story from today. Somebody was just talking about that. They had to go and redo somebody's job. They, yeah, and that, that's so true. So tell tell me about like you started learning. You know, obviously, like you didn't know these things, and now you're growing. You're learning. You're starting to put all these pieces together. You talked about a mentor, right? And, yes, sir. And I think. Um, this is one area that I really kind of want to dive into because <clears throat> I know that you're doing business coaching and, and then you've got businesses and here's where, and, and I know, you know, Berkflow, we, Berkflow does coaching. Uh, but here's the thing. I have a lot of conversations and I, and I know that you've had some of these tell, tell, I want you to kind of express like on the mentor side of it, not even like from the coaching aspect, but from yeah. the mentor side, what, I want these people to hear, like, what is the importance of that? Well, you got to, you got to remember 
that you don't know what you don't know. And if you're out there and you're trying to fly by the seat of your pants like I did for many years, you may get lucky and you may have some margin of success. But in order to scale properly, you have to know business. You have to know your numbers. You have to understand, you know, margins and, you know, how to, how to price things appropriately so that at the end of the day, you actually make money. Because if you're just stumbling around and hope you, you know, I hope I price this right. uh, You might get lucky sometimes, but sometimes it's going to bite you in the butt. And, you know, hopefully you're lucky more often than not and you live to fight another day. But I I was talking with a guy this week, this week. And uh, he's, he's looking at closing his doors because he, he just, he hasn't been pricing right. He's, you know, He's phenomenal at the work he does, but he sucks at the business side of business. And, you know, I just having that right person, you know, that quote unquote easy button, uh, you know, somebody to help you figure out what, what to do and what better yet, what not to do is worth its weight in gold. Uh, you know, for the the first time I scaled my business, yeah, I had a margin of success. And, uh, you know, I grew my business, reached, you know, about a million in business, uh, in sales, merged with my, my then business partner. And then we grew it to 2 million and then 3 million. And the year we hit 3.2 million, we lost $20,000. We had negative, negative net cash flow. Or, or negative net profit. Right. We lost 20 grand that year. Yeah. And we should have been making money like crazy. But we didn't understand the numbers. We didn't understand how to price things appropriately so that we actually made money. Yeah. I got that that mentor. I started in that mastermind group. And it was actually the the final year of my partnership. And then just before I stepped off and you know out on my own. And then when I did step back out on my own and I, I was able to redo things the right way, mm-hmm. I scaled phenomenally faster. Uh, I went from nothing to a million in like three years versus the first time around it took me like seven or eight years. Yeah. And, and I lucked into doing it uh, the, the first time. You know, I, I should have never made it to a million, uh, but somehow I did. But the second time around, I was I was strategic in what I did, and I was able to scale quickly. And I tell you, one of the biggest things in business is doing things on purpose with a purpose. Yeah. And if you can get out there and you can be strategic about what you do and do it on purpose, you're going to scale your business. You're going to grow your business. But if you just stumble around and hope you make it, like I said, you'll have a margin of success but you'll never achieve your, your, your full um, you know, success that you, you, you could have been in mean, your full margin of success. And, you know, I want people to grow. I want people to achieve everything that they can be. Uh, and that's, that's why I coach. That's why I do what I do. Absolutely. <clears throat> and we love seeing it. We love, you know, uh, 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 talking to the business owners and many of them are, newer and some of them have been around a while, you know, and occasionally I run across uh, some that in different service companies, you know, and maybe they're, 
and having the conversation and they may be sitting at, you know, we get, we have to at some point talk about revenue, right? We, I've got to ask the question, what are you revving? Like just got to know their business and, you know, they'll be like, well, it's $200,000, man. I'm killing it. And I'm like, hey, okay. How long have you been in business? 20, 25 years. I'm like, you know, and, and so I'm sitting there thinking like in, this is where, and, and I want you guys to hear this out here. There's nothing wrong with making that if that's where you want to stay, but there are companies out there, there are businesses that are just killing it. And you'll see it time and time again, if you go ask them, like they're doing millions in your same industry, how are they getting there? How are they doing it? And I can promise you'll have that conversation. It's because they have a mentor. They've gone to someone, they're taking advice. And these guys are like, They'll, they'll say, well, what are you going to tell me? I don't already know. I'm like, I can actually tell you lots of things you don't already know right now, but yeah. we don't, I don't know everything, you know, and, and Marvin doesn't know everything. And we, it's just like you said earlier, we don't know what we don't know until we figure that out and find that out. And all these guys who are the sooner you can do that, learn these things that other people have experienced and know and gone through or learned about and all these things that's when you are really going to take advantage of the opportunities out there that, that are already presented. They're all around you and, and it's just hard to see. So, um, and, and I'll, t I'll tell you uh, a lot of times having a coach is not so much and in man, I tell you my coach helped me so much with everything I didn't know, but some, a lot of things I did know yeah. and it was just a matter of them pushing me over the edge and hey, you need to do this. I don't want to do that. I, you know this, and I could come up with a thousand excuses why not. Sure. And they're like, but this is going to help you be profitable. Yeah, but you know the clients and this and, that. and he's like, but this is going to help you be profitable. Yeah, but uh, in the feelings and the, uh, but this is okay. You're right. You know, <laughs> had a had a guy uh, that I coach uh, reach out to me today. And uh, we were on a coaching call last week, and I, I told him we were talking about a particular employee and how they're toxic to their their business. And I, uh, I you know, whenever I look at uh, if I need to fire somebody, I always use zero based thinking. And I go back, and if I could, if I could back going back to the very beginning when I, re when I hired them for the first time, if I knew everything that I know today, would I go back and rehire them? If the answer is no then you need to fire them immediately. And if the answer is yes, you would have hired them, then you need to come up with the solution and kind of figure out what work through your problems. Well, this person, their answer was no. And I said, then you need to fire them right away. And he came up with some excuses and uh, I said, dude, you need to fire them. They are going to tear your business apart from the inside. They are toxic to your business. And he messaged me today, he said, uh, he had an epiphany. He said, what the hell am I paying you for if I'm not going to listen to what you coach me? He said, I'm going to fire him. And I said, good for you. Nice. Fire him. Let him go. Yeah, so sometimes culture. Just, that, that coach pushes you over the edge. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's no different. You know, it doesn't matter. I've told them, like, it doesn't matter 
I mean, some people, if you have that mentor in your life, that's already there and present, listen to them. Don't, don't ignore them. But if you don't go out and find people who know what they're doing and, and make it easy on yourself. It's, it's, you know, and I, I know just like what you're saying, like people will fight, fight us all the time on things. And then the moment they do it, everything changes. And they're like, Oh, I wish I had to listen to you about three months ago. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, but these are the things like, this is what I want people to hear, especially like from you and where you're at right now, like you've got these businesses and the, the importance of that knowing um, that not only are you experiencing that from that coaching side and seeing it out there, but you've seen it in your businesses and, have experienced that coming up. So, you know, it's, it's really something that everyone needs to hear. Um, yeah. And the structure, you know, getting all that correct as, as quickly as you can. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. That's, it's gold. It's gold. Tell me about hiring. Uh, let's talk a little bit about hiring here. What, no. what, uh, <laughs> what is, uh, is it is it getting is it getting difficult? Yes and no. Um, it was pretty difficult there for a while, um, especially when people were being paid more to sit at home and twiddle their thumbs and play Xbox than they were coming to work. Um, that that was that was rough. Um, but the market, I think, is starting to change a little bit, and people are realizing, you know what? Hey, I kind of do have to go to work. Um, you know, I have bills to pay and. I may not get a free check for the rest of my life. So um, a lot of times we may, we may have to go through a few people before we find that right person, though, um, because we want not only that person, you, you got to find the unicorns out there. Uh, we want to find somebody with good, with good work ethic. And I, that's one of the hardest because so many in the, in the upcoming generation, they're lazy. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to speak ill of them by any means, but it's the truth. Yeah. It's you know, they don't, time. they don't, they don't want to work. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, find somebody with a great work ethic, somebody with a good attitude. Oh man. I'd much rather pay you for a good attitude than your skill. Uh, <laughs> I, I can teach you. I can teach you how to work. Uh, you know, I can teach you the skills of the job if you have a good attitude. If you're going to show up and you're going to try your best every day, have a smile on your face, have a good attitude about it, man, you'll go far with me. Uh, I'll teach you. I'll teach you how to landscape. I'll teach you how to mow. I'll teach you how to whatever. Uh, we, we can teach that. I, I can't teach you how to have a good attitude. I can't teach you to have the work ethic to get up early and be to work on time and, and actually try. Yeah. You know that but is it getting easier yeah i think it's getting a little easier uh sometimes we do have to go through a few people before we find that diamond in the rock or that unicorn out there uh but man when we find them uh they don't usually go anywhere they they stick around because we've got a great company culture and that we've worked really 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 hard on and people don't they don't want to go nowhere that's good so that's great that's great to hear because that Man, I just hear it so often that, and people just don't know because they, they're not really examining that culture side of it. And then they want to know why everybody's leaving them and, and, you know, they hire and they leave and they hire and they leave. And I'm like, there's a common denominator here, you know, and it ain't these people. So yeah. you got to look at your culture and it's, it's so important. Um, 
you know, we, and we're hearing a lot of companies are that, and, it, and you're right, we've heard, we've heard that there's several that are kind of coming out of that, but the hiring just seems to be tough for everybody and finding what we call talent, you know, that talent, but <clears throat> so, and it's something maybe you guys do, but looking around and people miss things like even, uh, you know, if, if you're sitting in a restaurant and you have a great waiter or waitress coming over and they're doing Man. a phenomenal job and they're a polite and they've got a great personality <clears throat> and they're, they're just bright and intelligent. It's time to recruit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I, I'm going to, I'm going to hire somebody who's working, right? And people yeah. are doing it to, to you and all these other businesses out there all the time. I promise you there's people out there who are looking for the talent and they're looking and paying attention and observing like there is talent all over. And we get that question all the time. Where do you, where can we find talent? Where can we find these people? They're everywhere. You still look for them. Everywhere. Look, like you go to your tire shop they're, and this dude's rocking they're it. They're working. Butt. Yeah, they're working. They're working. <laughs> they're working. Do you want to hire somebody unemployed or you want to hire somebody employed? There was out there yeah. kicking butt, you know, and, and, and people are like, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm just going to steal. That ain't stealing. It's called providing opportunity, you know, and if they yeah. want that opportunity, then so be it, you know, and, and I've, I've made job offers to some random people before and, yeah. um, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, like you said, you provide the opportunity, look for that, that skill. You look for that, uh, that, that something that, that you can't teach, but they have it. Yeah. So, Tell, tell me about like what this entrepreneurial life, what you're doing. <clears throat> I know clearly you've, you've expressed it's been challenging and you know, all these guys out there listening that are entrepreneurs, I know you guys have struggled and all these things, but what's, um, what's the, one of the best parts for you about working, you know, for yourself, working in your business, on your business and this growth process and all the things, what, what just stands out to you? That's just been phenomenal for me. It, well, two, two, two things. One is the freedom that I have now. Now, early on, I, I was married to my business. Uh, <laughs> but then again, I also didn't have systems and processes and I didn't set my businesses upright. Um, but now, I have freedom because I have things set up properly. And then along with that, um, I, I love teaching other people to do what I do. Yeah. Um, that I truly, that's what I, this is my passion. This is coaching is what I absolutely love to do. And it's what I spend the majority of my days doing. Do I make as much money doing that as I do working in my landscape business or whatever else? No. It's actually one of the, the, the things that I make the least amount of money per hour, but it's where I get the most fulfillment yes. and uh, because I'm able to help other people. You know, when somebody comes to you and they're like, coach, uh, I've, I've been fighting with my wife and I just, I don't know what to do. We're always at each other's throats and, you know, how do I make this work with business? And I have to work in my business and, you know, I just don't know what to do anymore. And, you know, not only you do you become business counselor, but you become marriage counselor and, and uh, children's counselor and, you know, everything else, money, money uh, advisor and, 
you know, but you, you can help guide them in the right direction and say, look, this is what I've done. This is what helped me. And this is, you know, where I have seen the most success in my business and in my life. And, you know, this has helped me live to fight another day. And, uh, you know, if I were you, this is what I would try. This is what I would do. That's great. Yeah. And, and you really touched on another part of this that, you know, people you know, you hear the phrase like business, it's business. It's not personal. It's all personal. <laughs> Go and tell that to a business owner. <laughs> you know? Oh you know, man. But that's the thing nowhere is like, else can you have the <laughs> highest of highs and the lowest of lows and then back to the highest of highs in the same day as being a business owner. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, it's a roller coaster ride every day. Well, uh, touching on that personal side of things, that, that is kind of that beauty of, uh, you know, the difference is people just think, well, it's going to be just about like I'm, I'm diving into business and we're going to look at this. I'm going to get all these technical stuff and this and that, which is all great. You know, getting the structure yeah. systems and scaling your company and how do we hire? How do we find the talent? How do, that's all phenomenal. That's great information. <clears throat> but what you just touched on, on the personal side of things, <clears throat> how your personal life is oftentimes can show up in your business world and it can wreak havoc. And, and, you know, I know based on what you're just telling me, you've seen it. And so that having that aspect as well, being able to see people and, and talk to them and help them. That's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, personally and, and, you know, fulfillment, you talked about f fulfillment, wealth building, adventure, fun. What are you guys doing? You know, like how, what are you doing with your time? Are you getting time freedom and financial freedom? What steps are you taking to get there? What do you, you know, how are your relationships? All that matters. It's such a, yeah. uh, a great thing. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So tell me or tell our audience out here, if you had to give like, your like one piece of advice uh, for someone starting out or early on in their entrepreneurial career, what's that one thing they should do that that's really going to help them? And it can be more than one, maybe one or two, but like just something that if you can think back and think if, if I could have done this at this time and would have done it, it would have changed my trajectory immediately. Uh, I think two things, and I said, I, I think I said both of them earlier, but one is to do things on purpose with a purpose. Uh, be, be intentional with what you do for your business. Uh, you know, that means set your systems and your processes up, uh, you know, be, be diligent in writing, writing down what you do so that you can train the next person rather than you hire a, an office person and then you're just like, oh, um, here's what we do. No, you've already written it all down. You're, you're being intentional with it. You already have things set up and ready to go. Um, so I, I think that'd be number one is, is, is be intentional. Um, and then uh, the n number two is, is charge, your, charge what you're worth. Don't be afraid uh, to charge what you're worth. I'm not saying get out there and overcharge and rob people, uh, but charge what you're worth. Don't, don't be afraid of that. I, I was afraid of that for a long, long, long time. And, uh, you know, when I finally 
made that leap and started going up on my prices, I lost far fewer people than I thought I was going to. Um, this last uh, you know, hike I did in, in prices, I mean, it was a pretty significant hike. I think we went up like 20% or something like that. And I think we lost 1% of the clients that we went up on. I mean, it was so, so minimal. I didn't even notice it. Like it was nothing. I didn't even realize it. Um, but do you want to be busy or do you want to be profitable? Right. I want to be profitable. <laughs> yeah. So charge what you're worth. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Great advice for you guys. Listen to him. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, so what about should not do? And I know you can kind of twist that in oh, the man. same, but like a should not, like avoid this uh, as soon as possible. Um, should not. Don't. I don't know how to say this. I'm going to kind of flip it, but as do, but get out of your business as fast as possible. Stop working in your business and start working on your business. Because yeah. the faster that you can get out of the field and the faster you can work on your business, and this goes back to doing things on purpose with a purpose, um, the faster you'll scale your business. Uh, but if, if you're mowing yards or plumbing or electrical or whatever all day long every day and you're just going from one job to the next to the next to the next and you're getting phone calls and you don't have time to take phone calls so you're letting them go to voicemail the only time you have time to answer the voicemails is at nine o'clock at night when you finally sit home to to eat something that your wife set in the microwave three hours before and so you're sitting down nobody wants a phone call at nine o'clock at night so you can't ever respond to anybody and then when you do get out there and you meet with them two weeks from now because that's the only time that you have time to um they've already either got the job done or they've already decided on somebody else or if you do get lucky enough to be able to put a quote together how fast are you going to be able to put it together because you're working in your business every day it's going to be another two weeks from now it's been a month from the time they called you to the time that you actually get a quote back to them. Well, that's that's no way to run a business. Statistically, the first person to actually get the job, uh, get a quote back to somebody is the one who's going to land the job. Yeah. So get your butt out of the field, hire somebody. I don't care if you hire an answering service. That's what I did the second time around. From day one, I hired an answering service. And uh, I was like, look, you answer the calls, you do all this, you only escalate it to me if it's absolutely necessary. And uh, they, uh, we were able to work together and they troubleshot for me, they, they put quotes together for me because I had a rate matrix set out, they went into my CRM, they put quotes together for me. They were able to take so much off of my plate as being a third party, people thought they, they were in my office. And I got, I got uh, comments all the time. Oh, man, the ladies in your office are amazing. I love this lady and that lady, and they're so helpful. <laughs> and all I was doing was creating time for myself by offloading that onto somebody else so I could focus on what only I could do as a business owner versus answering the phone. I'm not saying that, that those tasks are menial, but 
You need to free yourself up to do what only you can do. Nice. And you'll scale your business. Avoid working in your business as soon as you can so you can work on your business. Absolutely. Um, Great advice. Uh, Yeah, I love it. Any any final thoughts, Marvin, for for listeners out there? Uh, yeah, you're not alone. So many of us as business owners, we feel like we are the only ones out there with our problems. And and I realize in the circle you may run, uh, you may be the only one with these through the same problem through the same problem payroll and we've had so that our employees so that our employees you're not alone and so when you're struggling and and you feel like dear god can i do can i do this another day reach out reach out ask for help it's okay to ask for help the bigger man is the one that reaches out and you know i've been there before uh, before I ever reached out for help, man, I went through a bad bout of depression and, you know, it's a horrible, horrible time in my life. And, uh, you know, I failed to, to, to recognize the signs and I failed to reach out and ask for help. So you're not alone. Reach out to me. I'll help you however I can. Um, and, you know, because it's what I love to do. I love helping people. So you're not alone. That's my final thought. That's awesome. Appreciate it, man. No, that's very, that's, that's, those are little nuggets guys. So you better pick them up. Um, you've got to reach out, get advice, find it anywhere you can get some coaching, talk to Marvin, talk to us, talk to somebody that you can actually just go to and literally walk in and ask questions about. Don't be scared. Yeah. It's okay. Cause we, none of us know it all and it's okay to ask and, and learn from somebody else. Go out absolutely and and hey, for those of y'all anywhere close to Tyler, uh Salcedo Lawn, you need to you need to call this guy. Uh, <laughs> East Texas Automotive, you need to you need to get them take take your vehicles over there. Don't you know? Hey, Rock Rod Father's Customs. <laughs> Rock Father's Customs. You guys support Marvin and what he's doing. Give him a call if you need some advice. Uh, I, I'm, I'm certain that he'll, he'd love to talk to you and it's Marvin. It's been fantastic for you to come on the show. Um, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Yeah. And let's do it again in the future. Absolutely. We'll, we'll talk some more, maybe by then, like there'll be some more businesses going on and, you oh know, man, I got some stuff in the works right now. Nice. I like it. I like it. I'm going to, I'm going to expect a different hat. Of course. Like, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right for all you out there uh i know marvin is is got some other stuff going on we're gonna wrap this up thank you so much for listening make sure you like share uh post it out just you know share it all over the place and subscribe to under pressure thank you for listening to under pressure podcast where we've been discussing all things business and under pressure Discussing all things business and under pressure have a great day